and welcome to Upstage Downstage. With me, Richard Platt, seated in the upper circle. And me, Stephen Rees, uh, seated in a cheap seat. This is the Theatre Podcast, where we discuss productions we've seen, things we've liked and may not have liked, giving our complete unprofessional and non-biased opinions. So grab a brew, take a seat and let's raise that curtain. On today's edition of the Theatre Podcast, we have a special episode where I shall be interviewing Richard as he discusses his recent trip to the West End, covering five shows in one week. Richard, you must be mad, if not knackered. Well, just a little bit. I, I never get tired. Hear my take on some of the current big and small productions, such as Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Bonnie and Clyde, Dear Evan Hansen, Cabaret, and finally Anne Juliet. So, with all that said... I think it's time to set, set the scene. So, Richard, you spent a week in London. I did. Seeing West End shows. And you've yeah. given me a list and a load of booklets here, okay. which I have. And you've shuffled the pack. I have shuffled the pack. So I'm going to pick out a random production that you have seen. Yeah. And you're going to speak about this production in a minute without hesitation, deviation or repetition. No, I'm only joking. You're going to tell me all about it. Right, okay. So, hmm, which one shall we discuss first? Okay, so I have pulled out Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club. So, Richard, I'm going to hand you the souvenir booklet of Cabaret, the Kit Kat Club. So, in your week down south in London at the West End, let's discuss Cabaret. Well, firstly, I'll probably set the scene a little bit so i'm not going to be able to talk much about this production oh what you go all that way and you you keep it from me but all i all i can say is obviously this is based on cabaret the original musical which was one of the most successful musicals of all time and this is a new west end production it features the songs will common don't tell mama mine hair maybe this time money and the title number cabaret with Berlin's famous Kit Kat Club brought to life through the transformation of London Playhouse Theatre. Obviously, this is a production that people might be familiar with, with Liza Minnelli and the film Cabaret. Oh, she Cabaret. rings a bell. I can't think where... You know, so, so the actual production, hmm. I can talk about some of the performance and the production. And Well, you're going to have to do a little bit. The Cabaret at the Kit Kat Club's got music by John Kander, lyrics by Fred Ebb, a book by Joe Masteroff, based on the play by John Van Druten and stories by Christopher Isherwood. So, st- uh, what can I say? Yes, um, what can you say about this? Because... Uh, what I will... I've seen it. Well, I haven't seen the play, but I've seen this booklet, and you've talked about it. Yeah, and it sounds really interesting. But I know you don't want to give too much away. No. But what could you actually say about it? One thing it? I will what... say is, um, can we talk about the set or we can, going it, to the place? We can in a minute. One thing that happens when you turn up at the Kit Kat Club in in the heart of London, it's not far from Trafalgar Square. You're basically taken to a side door and uh, with your tickets and they basically give you stickers to stick over your cameras of your phones Mm, so we talk about all the modern day technology in productions where people sit with their phones playing with the phones taking photos in productions 
distracting themselves from seeing a performance and already before you even walk in the venue you're asked to not record anything you're asked to just enjoy the production as a whole ah keep it a you secret. know to keep it a secret to keep it faithful to an old basically a wartime production and you know the Kit Kat mm. club is like those berlin clubs where you you were taken to another place and well, you're taking you door... back in time yeah I mean, and and this says a lot when you're actually taken in the stage entrance. You're taken in the stage door. You're taken into the depths of the theatre. The bowels. Yes, and it is into the bowels. (laughs) So you're being restricted. Yeah, you're given given an entry time and you're being restricted. So you turn up at the time you're given and there is a, when I say a preset, before the production begins, you have, it doesn't give anything away. There are three different, themed bars within the bowels of the actual theatre mm-hmm. so you're taken around those and you have to go and find do you get them. to choose or you no just, you, it... you, you can see all three you can go to all okay. three but you it's up to you which one you go to first which one you go to but you're encouraged to explore them all and oh, there's okay. things so happening interactive there's things happening while immersive. you're in the club yeah it's very yeah. immersive the minute you this production is the one production that for years I don't always get emotional at theatre, whereas this one, actually, the minute you walk through those doors into that experience, it hits you in in such an immersive way that you're at, I was taken back by how dedicated the staff and the cast were the minute you experienced the production. So that, that, oh. that for me, I've not been to theatre for a while that has taken me on a journey, I'm going to use it. <laughs> that darn journey. That darn journey, but actually you almost felt like from beginning to end you'd been transported back to the era, the period, the time period. What you period? Know, was it? 1920s, isn't it? It's 1920s based. Um, prior to... Well, yeah, it's, it's prior to, to sort of World War Two. So it's it's all the sort of build up. But to if, if it's in and... America, it would be like prohibition. So it'd be yes. like you'd have to go in because uh, through the side door, I yes. suppose. And like if you went to a bar, because you you couldn't have alcohol. No, for everything some time, was very much restricted. Then. Or you know, it was very there hidden. was a seedy side, and yeah. you know, and I think they just got it right. And oh, so that I, was good then. Yeah, it, it's and so I, and not I only think... were you seeing a show from that period, you were. Transported would, yes, back in time yes. to live that definitely. Experience. It was just the little surprises you got, and I don't want to give anything away because it's too much of a surprise. There was there was. Well, little... you giving me crumbs here, don't I know I'm lots of crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> but you might get out at the end, but no. So we'll move. I mean, I'll, I'm quite happy to talk about the actual performance of the the production itself. This so, production co- should have starred Eddie Redmayne. In originally starred Eddie Redmayne, so I was intrigued because of a character that you sort of didn't expect to take a role like this to to sort of perform in a production like this. Yeah. So, so could you describe the set or are you keeping yeah. that hidden? No, I can I mean I can describe the set because the London Playhouse Theatre has been redesigned for the production. You're presented with a adverse it's very minimal the stages, the actual where the performance area because there are images out there, you can find pictures out there now of what the productions look like. Um, I will attach a video into the link if people want to see the trailer so that they can get an idea of what you're you're presented with. Yeah, I've not seen it yet, so Yeah, so you're basically presented with a an in the round production where I mean I was sat 
in the uh, upper circle at the front row of the upper circle so i could see a, a good view of the actual performance and i got a good view of the performance and the actual production itself which i found to be fair anyway you'd have sat in the in the room you would have actually had a good view because of the the sort of design of the production the staging was on a a very minimal circular stage in the middle with a revolve and raised parts the the actual stage raised in the middle but it still felt very 20s it still felt very non-technical right so okay. it felt almost like if there were people at the end of the Is it college, like traditional yeah very traditional very the costumes were very muted and very very of the 20s era there was glitz and glam but it was very flapper style it was very vaudeville it was very distressed vaudeville. Yeah. as well though there was a lot of things that you felt like they'd lived in those costumes and they go and perform every night in the cabaret but they'd go home in them and they'd laze around in them but then they'd dip them give them a wash and but they'd still be a bit rough around the edges yeah. it, was, it felt right it felt you felt like that's what they did all the time and it just felt mm. very almost seedy but in a that's how it was that's yeah. how it's performed you know so what about the direction of of it oh um, it was, i mean personally direction of it it was stunning i mean the vision that they had was to do the whole of the cabaret production rather than the film version where things were cut out and things were done for time of a film and a, the, the pace of a film this felt almost like the entire story and you felt like you wore more to the characters and the performers yeah because of the amount of time they'd spent on the actual production so and it was just simple it was there was no staging it was just very simple with props and little bits that they used and things yeah. that they used it was all almost bare stage theater what were the but, transitions like I mean, obviously it, was there a lot of uh, set pieces on there or was it more like prop use it was and, more and prop use and and the set pieces theater, was it? it was because what the production was it interspersed between cabaret performances and then the mm. acting of the scenes. So in between some of the major scenes, there'd be a cabaret performance back in the Kit Kat Club, yeah. and then you'd jump back to one of the rooms where where they were like out of the cabaret, the Kit Kat Club. Yeah. But it was done in such a way where they'd walk on with a suitcase, they'd leave it behind, and then they, all the pieces and the set bits would be within that suitcase, and everything was was purposely put but there was one scene where they opened the suitcase and it had the props but they probably only used one prop in that suitcase mm. but that suitcase was full of stuff yeah. and looked real it yeah. looked like that was what they lived with that was the thing and there was there was a little moments where they had a train traveling from i think it was paris to germany or wherever it was and the the journey it went but that was just done with the simple wooden train that matched the floor and just put on the floor as they were having a conversation around the top and it just mm. it was enough it just it took you to that next scene or that next place or there was parts where cast members who were just finished doing a cabaret performance would casually walk across with set pieces or props and just drop them like they shouldn't be there but actually there were the next props for the next scene and it just it was just so smooth and so yeah. to the point and every, i mean there was times where cast members were in in the upper circle with you to deliver scenes for the actual main thing so they they didn't okay. they weren't just statically in that middle part they were all over the club all over the stage and they, they used but the band were above the stage as well 
also they were split across two two sections above the stage. The band was above the stage, yeah. but the stage the, was in the round. Yes, and so it, it, were they hanging from the ceiling? There were no. There was other parts built above the <laughs> above audience. So you were right. So there, it, there was audience sat all the way round. There was there were, was tables oh, with um, because they'd even recreated all the tables. It, it doesn't give anything away. These they had tables with the old phones on that they used to contact each other with on the each tables these were the i wouldn't say they were they were nowhere near the cheap seats you were looking at probably nearly 300 pound a table to sit down there um mm, but they'd, they'd recreated that feel of that old school 20s theater club where so, you've got the phones where they talk to each other to ask each other out and the seductive moments and it it felt like there, there was one thing you didn't get when you sat upstairs is some of the cast members would slink around and hide behind some of those people in those expensive seats and in the dark and just pop up out of the middle of them so you all everybody just felt like you were almost like hugged and brought into the production so mm. so yeah what about the play itself because um normally we talk to pop upon the writing of it um but i i feel for this segment did they stray from the play script or was no. there anything no they they stuck very much to the actual play and you very much felt like you could tell the hitler era was coming the yeah. way they'd created the production there was a definite change and a definite sort of downward spiral towards the end of the production so you knew where you were heading but it was just done in such a, a almost relaxed way mm. where you knew they they just got the atmosphere right and when they stopped for the interval you knew that this this ain't going the way yeah. people want it to go in the second half and they did it with such confidence that the cast just all changed you knew that there was more conservative views and and the mood was changing you felt the room change yeah the, the way they did it and I think that's credit to all the cast. And I'm not going to pick names out because I think they all deserve high, high credits to to what they performed. Even the band, everybody, everybody involved. Because technically, as I mentioned before, there was, it almost felt like if somebody had a pulley or were, were pulling up ropes or um, moving things in a Victorian theatre way, it would have been happening because the, you I, I you couldn't find the technicians you couldn't find the i did have a look in the interval at where all the technical parts were because let me being me i have to look up or look up and and see where everything's happening but even things like this is such a small thing and it's for me this is what made my pushed my levels of emotion on how good the production was there was a moment where just a simple thing as the start of the first half and the start of the second half, there was lampshades and and tasseled lampshades hanging down in the area to all all hid like dangling over you and all around you, and so everybody was milling about. It was nothing, you know. You were all getting ready to watch the show, and they flicked to the blackout, and all these lampshades went up into the ceiling. Mm. And and as they went up, the lights went down on them. So they just almost disappeared out of the way. And it's something so simple that sort of explains how much detail they'd put in this. It was little things like that was all. They were all on brown cabled ropes and everything felt of the, its time. But there was little moments of touches of modern technology that you thought, they're just blowing my mind now because they've just taken something so simple and 
made it even more surreal. You just, you know, because as those as those chandeliers and lamps disappeared, the first performer came up out of the floor at the same yeah. time. So it's all timed and all it was all orchestrated to all happen at once, and that that's that's just explains how much effort they went into, and to have a live band and the sound effects they used were just right for the piece, the things they did, or there was a lot of, you know, the the dance performances and the things that they were doing, nothing felt out of date. Nothing felt like it shouldn't have happened in that era. And I, and that's why it took me there. I think it, because they just nailed it. And, and it was... If you'd if you'd have done it on a bare stage with an empty state with with an in an empty room, I still think it'd have worked, because they still that every performer had star quality, so you know you've just felt like you walked into to the to that club and to that era and you were experiencing it as it would have been, because everybody had the phones took off them, but not took off them, but because they had their almost blinkers put on. So they had to watch the production and not be distracted or take photos or take video. It it made it even more enhanced. So. With it being a musical, did you think that um, all the music was on point? Was it a, yeah. a big big band or you know were, were actors were actors involved in playing musical instruments? Yeah, it was. There was there was some actors performing with musical instruments. There was accordions. There was saxophones. There was. The, but the the band the band wasn't huge, but that almost felt right as well because the band were you wouldn't expect an orchestra for something in a club where they'd have people that were always the musicians that always played there and it even they were in within the actual performances and and the the songs there was there was times when I felt that they actually made gave them more emotion than we've seen on film. Yeah. They weren't clean. They weren't perfect. The vocals were great, but there was a a roughness to the songs, and they had more feeling in them than we've seen on on a, a polished. I think I think when you see it on polished film, people make different decisions because they want it to be the best performance of that song. However, when you actually pull it away and and strip it back, there's more about that song, or there's more about that. You know that. Do you feel yeah. it was a lot better because you were more immersed with the whole world yes. that they'd built? Yeah. yeah, and it's like maybe this time when that was performed, there was, it was the the performer almost broke down and was crying through the performance because it was maybe this time I'm going to make it. You felt more like it meant something rather than it was just a performance. You know, the the Liza Minnelli. You know what we know of that show but i think this had more guts and much well even when you do uh, watch the 72 film um or see it on on a a stage um in your in your own um town or or wherever you know you have actually got that distance yeah definitely so going into the the actual club and being immersed in that world yeah and uh, being restricted with like your mobile phone and stuff um brings you closer to the drama Yes. closer to the actual world in which it's been created and so i suppose that impending doom and and yeah. all those feelings that you know you're you're sort of you're more living it than being in like a seat 25 row j yeah, exactly. at your local theater yeah. watching yeah. a show that's on stage rather yeah. than you being surrounded in by the, the action almost yeah. yeah yeah and i think that 
they were very clever to immerse you in that they hit you with it with the production the minute you entered the this sort of side stage door you you were already on your way in there and that helped with the with that so yeah. did you see any uh faux pas any things that was the went a bit wrong you know what i expected to and i didn't see one good that's brilliant and that for me was also a confidence thing they know they just and there was a lot of prop use there was a lot of things that could have gone wrong yeah because just to have something out of position or a a, a, a small prop forgot or you know there was a, there was there were everything was used there were simple things where they a cast member i know that's talked about them dropping things off but there were there were simple things where they'd leave a champagne glass on a ledge on one of the pillars next to the stage that was for the next scene and mm. if you didn't look you wouldn't even realize that it was left there but it was just one tiny champagne glass that was then used and referenced yeah by the by the next main lead character and you were like gobsmacked because it was just something so simple because that could have been knocked over or dropped if it had been left there all the production but because it was left there within probably 2 3 minutes of the previous person leaving stage hmm. it was so specific and so like you know it just I mean, hats off to the director and hats off to the cast for learning it because if you've got to understudy or perform that after somebody else, I, I don't, I, I don't envy them. Who did direct all. it? It was directed by Rebecca Frecknell and choreographed by Julia Cheng. And personally, they've done a lot of work and worked together really well on this. Um, I mean, the whole creative team. I just think they've been given creative freedom but they've restrained themselves so well to actually put this production on because you've almost got a chocolate box of things you could do when you've got the use of a rebuilding a theater because this this theater has been rebuilt for this production so they've 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 used a, done a lot of work here but they almost all need to have that one key message and make sure the production is what they wanted it to be so i think that that has a lot to say for it so scores on the doors richard for this uh well, scores on the doors, I can only give it one thing and I can't give it any more, so it's going to have to be a 10 out of 10 and I definitely will go and see it again. Yes, the surprise element might not be there, but it was definitely worth a rewatch, and yeah, I'd go there again because I don't think it would bother me that I didn't, did, I've not seen, I've seen it before. I have seen another production quite a few years ago that was a circus production called The Last Waltz, which had got the same feel and the same immersion and it was definitely up there so what sound effect will you be choosing from the following a complete train wreck tumbleweed an audible shrug of the shoulders uh? a slow clap a pleasant applause or a standing ovation what will it be well it can only be a standing ovation oh Interesting. Yeah, and everybody else in the room gave it a standing ovation. So do you fair. think this is the one for me? Do you think I? I think like... you'd enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I think you would. Buy me a ticket then, please. Yeah, I will. <laughs> so there we are. That's our discussion of a week in the West End, where Richard Platt takes on five of the top shows. We hope you found it insightful, if not entertaining. Coming up over the next few episodes, we will be discussing 
a week in the West End, where Richard Platt takes on five of the top shows. And the new musical, Identical. That's it for this week, folks. If you'd like to drop us a message, please email us at upstagedownstagepod at gmail.com. Remember, you can always join in the chat to share with us your views on a production. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our channel so you get every episode the second it's released. And we hope you join us again for another instalment of Upstage Downstage. Downstage.